This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 468. Mental Health for High Achievers, 7 Simple Strategies for Optimal Well-Being. Good morning and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll share why high achievers are so susceptible to mental health challenges, how to catch yourself before you break down, and how you can implement a few simple strategies to maintain your best self as often as possible. Let's get to it. You know, it's tough being awesome. (laughs) It's kind of a joke, kind of not. Ambitious high achievers, just like you, need a break sometimes. Or a lot of times. You know, the more you push yourself to be awesome in so many ways, the more likely you are to need an intentional reset in every way imaginable. In the past, on this podcast, I've discussed some nitty-gritty very gritty details of some challenges that I've had in these arenas of mental health, panic attacks, surgeries, and ultimately just my own breakdowns that required me to reassess my goals, my productivity, my strategies, my calendar, my caffeine, my exercise, my sleep. All of these things needed to be reset, rethought through, reanalyzed, and then ultimately reworked in order to create a newer, better, more intelligent version of me that would hopefully have fewer or none of those things happening. Here I am years later, and what I can say is the person who had those experiences back then, that's still me, right? I'm still the same person. I still have the same tendencies. I still like to push hard. I still view myself as a productive high achiever who wants more from himself and others. But knowing that, Knowing that I have these tendencies, that I do push hard, that I do want more, means that I am susceptible to mental health challenges and breakdowns and all of those difficulties. And you may be in that same place. I I don't know. But if you're here and you're listening to this episode this week about mental health, if you view yourself as a high achiever, if any of these things sound like you and you want more, but you also want to not be crashing and burning, well, then we need to find a balance somewhere in that mix, somewhere to achieve a grander, better version of life that has the best parts and minimizes those downsides and consequences of our own choices, our own habits, our own lifestyles, ultimately our own responsibilities that we need to own and then improve upon. So this week, I'm going to dive into some strategies that have worked well for me uh, and for others as well, Uh, but I will speak from personal experience through most of this, Um, and I will give a disclaimer at the top of the show here that I am not a mental health practitioner, I'm not a doctor, I'm not in any way trained to clinically diagnose anything. So take this for what it is, but I do have years of experience struggling as a high achiever, also thriving as a high achiever, and they both kind of come in the same bucket, right? The same life experiences can produce both extremes. The highs and the lows tend to come together. 
If you're the kind of person who experiences extreme highs, extreme successes, amazing achievements, then you also might be the kind of person who experiences the low lows and the deep, darker moments. And so hopefully we can find ways to make both of them a little bit better or find the balance you actually want. Now, to begin this conversation, I do want to dive into a little bit more about why high achievers themselves are so susceptible to mental health challenges. Uh, This is something I've thought about quite a bit, and it's something I think speaks to, honestly, what I just mentioned, which is that high achievers tend to be people who achieve a lot. And to achieve a lot, it means you have high ambitions, you have big goals, you are striving for more, which could mean a longer to-do list, longer work days, bigger goals in general, which means more responsibility, more risk, that's associated with that lifestyle. And so with these choices that we're making, whether they're conscious or not, we tend to be the kinds of people who push hard, who challenge our own limits, who don't stop when we should, who don't prioritize breaks or sleep or healthy habits, especially in the pursuit of that next big thing we really want. I know for myself, we as high achievers tend to be perfectionists or even overachievers. So the kinds of people who do want to check every box, cross every T, dot every I, make everything just the right way. And that's an exhausting task. That's a gauntlet of work to want to make everything just so. You know, we are detail-oriented to a fault. That's kind of the way to view this, right? And so if that's the kind of person you are, your mental health will be challenged in the midst of that pursuit. When I think back to my college days, when I was around a lot of very intelligent people who were pursuing essentially the 4.0 GPAs and these kind of perfect academic records, those who would study in the library until midnight or later on most nights, these were the high achievers of the academic world, those who were really striving for bigger and better careers and wanted to go on to graduate school and all these great things. They were struggling. Now, we all were because we all had similar goals. We were all in this together to be better students and better career professionals afterwards. And that's that's wonderful. But I was witnessing these very challenging environments. I was a part of it myself, and I was feeding that beast myself right there. And when you see overachievers in action, when you see high achievers doing too much and pushing beyond their own limits, consistently, it's kind of freaky. It's kind of this, like, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's happening here? And the answer was, these were people on the brink of a breakdown. They were about to or were experiencing those really extreme, these breaking points where they could find themselves burned out and needing some significant resources to bring them out of those difficult times. Uh, Finals week is a great example in the college years where it's the end of the semester. All of those big moments happen all the same time. The big presentations, the big tests, the big projects, the big performances, they all take place at once. So all the pressure hits all at once. And honestly, this finals week scenario is what I have seen post-academic years after college in the real world working that that finals week mentality is what a lot of people take with them all the time. It's not something they do a couple of times a year. It is the day-to-day norm. 
that that level of intensity doesn't let up. But that's not sustainable. That's not practical. That's not how you get things done. That's just how you basically try and kill yourself without realizing what it is you're doing. I just watched a documentary on Netflix recently about the use of Adderall. And Adderall is a drug that has been used and abused very prominently uh, in the academic world with college students, but also a lot of other people as well. Uh, But specifically, students tend to use it to stay up later, to focus better, if that is even true, and to get better results from the work they put in. And people are doing this because they believe the pill is the solution. But the pill just causes them to do more of what they were already doing, which tends to be pushing more and more. And then we have to bring in drug addiction to the mix, and all of a sudden, this gets way more complicated. So how do you catch yourself before these breakdowns take place? How do you prevent your own mental health disaster from happening? Honestly, if you're already still with me, if you're still in this episode this far in, you might already be there yourself. If what I've just said resonates with you, you probably already need a break. And you may have needed a break for a long time. So your goal now is to plan for what's to come. If what's to come is going to be a downward spiral, well, then let's turn this boat around, right? Let's implement a few simple strategies for your own optimal well-being. And I have seven of these ideas I want to share this week. So let's just begin with number one. This is what I'm calling release the pressure. Whenever I discuss productivity, especially when I'm talking to overwhelmed, overworked high achievers, the number one strategy, if you know me well, you know it's coming, it's to delete, it's to cut, it's to eliminate. The very first and most effective strategy for anyone experiencing stress on any level is to stop. Do less. That's it. You hear that sound? It's silence. It's, it's nothing. We're not doing anything. That's where we're headed. In order to release the pressure, you can't keep the pressure up, right? We can't think that by doing more, we'll be able to do less. We have to do less in order to do less. And doing less means just simply not doing. So from my perspective, whenever I look at a task list, a calendar, an overworked client of mine, We just look through this list of what do you have going on right now? What's happening in your life right now? Where are things on fire? Where are things overwhelming? What feels like too much? And then let's really assess, well, what of this stuff literally could just wait or be cut completely and never happen at all? From my perspective, simply not doing things is the most rewarding feeling in the world. It's such a beautiful thing. For me to be able to say, here's a meeting, oh, it's just gone, it's canceled. Here's a task, oh, I'm just not doing it, deleted, boom. I love that feeling. It's fantastic to be able to just not. So if you can do that with your calendar, your task list, your project manager, you go through your software, whatever your physical calendars, I don't care what you're using. The tools don't matter here. What matters is the systems that you're in, you relieve them of their pressure. That's what matters, and that's where this whole process starts. After you've gone through that hopefully fairly short process to cut a bunch of stuff, the second step is to clarify what's due immediately. 
So what's right now, not necessarily on fire, but what is urgent and important in this moment? So what I tend to do is make a short list of those urgent tasks, and I keep this list super short. The intention here is not to say that everything's on fire because not everything is. This will help you focus and remove a lot of extra stress because what we'll usually do is take what feels like a to-do list of 100 things and we'll knock it down to like two or three. That alone is amazingly stress-relieving, right? You'll feel so much healthier and better right away because the mental weight is being reduced dramatically. What tends to happen next is we want to double down on our calendaring strategies. So this is where you look at your calendar and ask the question, well, if I only have a couple of key things to do, how can I, number one, make sure those are actually on the calendar, on the task list, but then when those things are not happening, how do we add in more margin? How do we have more white space around those to decompress, to calm down, to do a little less? And then after that, we add in a few more focus blocks of time, some more review periods to look back at our days and really say like, well, what's taking place here and how do we focus on what matters and ignore the minutia, ignore the rest. Really what we're doing here is the big stuff and the little stuff, the little phone calls, little emails, little to do's, little errands. Those are all gone for now. They're just not going to happen. We need a manageable to do list with no extras. So the short, focused, urgent list, that's it. The rest of the stuff, we're just not doing for now. It'll come back later. But when things are metaphorically on fire, we're not interested in little stuff. The minutiae can and will wait. Step number three is to say no to all incoming requests. This also includes requests that you make of yourself. So this is an area people tend to kind of take it from one angle only, but I want to go more comprehensive here. When you're saying no to everything, I'm talking about everything. That means, of course, things like social media or avoiding people who are difficult to work with, but it also means any new ideas or requests that you have of yourself. Because most high achievers, they are their own worst enemies. It's not about other people. It's about you. It's always in your own brain. Like That's where the problem tends to originate from, and that's where we're going to solve these problems as well, which is actually really good news because it means, like I end the podcast every week saying, that you have the power to change your life. Well, you do, and this is it. And this is the exciting point we have to work with here is that when we say no to incoming requests, of course, that means the phone calls, the emails, you know, those people that come and say, can you do X, Y, Z? The answer is no. But then when you have your own idea, oh, I should be doing this or this is on fire over here. Oh, what am I going to do about this? And the, the frantic, you know, frenetic, just chaotic moments kick in. Whew. No. Right, just say with me, breathe and say no. Breathe and no. That's all this is. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Step number four, we then focus on the fundamentals. This is an area that I harp on a lot on this podcast, especially from my perspective of a health-first approach. So the podcast being the 5 a.m. miracle, yes, it's about waking up early, and people know that. You probably are aware of this. But what tends to be overlooked in these conversations about ambition or productivity or early rising is the vast importance of going to bed on time, of going to bed early, in fact, so you can get all the sleep you need. And when you're stressed out and things are busy, what do you tend to do? You sleep less, you work more, but that feeds the beast of the problem you're trying to avoid. We're going to flip that script. You're going to work less and sleep more. You're going to hydrate more, eat healthier food, take more daily walk breaks and move your body physically more. Those kind of fundamentals are wildly, massively, incredibly effective. Those things can make you feel physically better instantly. You go for a walk and in 10 minutes, you will feel better, period. That's how it works. Like physiologically, it's going to improve your mood. You'll get clarity. It will help. If times are tough and if you're stressed, go back to the basics. It always works, always has, always will. Step number five, we then want to focus on lowering our blood pressure. This is an area that I have spent a lot more time with recently. And when I lower your blood pressure, I don't actually mean physically, but it can mean that. So if you have high blood pressure, that's a medical diagnosis, definitely talk to a doctor. But if you're the kind of person who is highly intense and highly caffeinated and want to actually lower your heart rate, lower the pressure physically inside your body, There are a number of things you can do that would help you feel better and might actually lower your physiological blood pressure as well. So one area that I focused on personally has been going to the sauna. I've discussed that on the show a lot recently because it's made a really big difference in my life. Uh, The sauna has been proven to, I can't say proven, can I? The sauna has shown strong evidence for uh, reducing your arresting heart rate, reducing your blood pressure, reducing your stress, making you feel fan-freaking-tastic. And I can agree to all those things. It is a wonderful experience. And if you are feeling the intense stress of life and high pressure scenarios and you just need to find a place to chill out by getting super hot, the sauna will do that. It has an amazing ability to help you think about how hot you are and how you need to breathe properly to get through a hot experience. And then what happens? 
you're not thinking about your work. You're not thinking about your stress. You're just thinking about breathing and about sweating and about sitting there. And that's it. That's all it is. The sauna is just you sitting and breathing. And this is a really great time to ditch the phone, to ditch any distractions, to just sit and be hot. Now, this same exact practice could happen during meditation or during yoga or any kind of a practice where you're just in a focused environment where you can just breathe. Lowering your blood pressure oftentimes just simply means breathing on purpose in a slightly slower fashion. It typically is that if you exhale more, you will lower your heart rate. You will lower your stress. So it's a shorter inhale, longer exhale. That tends to work fairly well. If you're driving right now, please don't do that. Okay, this is a potentially risky business if you are driving or operating heavy machinery. That's a little disclaimer there. Uh, But if you're not, uh, you can practice this later on. So another area that works really well for breathing is taking meditation to the next level. I discussed Wim Hof before. Wim Hof's practice is a very intense one uh, that I don't recommend for people who are super stressed out because it's a very vigorous practice unless that works for you. And I say that because when people are stressed out, they tend to go one of two ways. They either seek out more high-intense activities because they're already kind of jacked up anyway, in which case Wim Hof might work for you. But others, it tends to push them past the brink. It adds stress when they need to be reducing it. So what you're looking for here are activities that allow you to actually do what's best for you. Um, It might mean that something like a casual walk in the woods is going to be more effective than a vigorous workout or a vigorous session of Wim Hof breathing. So you want to find what's best for you to bring down your own blood pressure and for you to feel your best. And then later on, once you've kind of chilled out, you can reassess and try new strategies. Uh, But when things are intense, lean on what works best for you that doesn't make the problem worse. That's what we're trying to avoid here. Another thing to try is to reach out to someone who you trust. Uh, My wife gave me this idea earlier. She mentioned that she has people that she likes to go and talk to that she can vent to, people she can just spill her guts to. And that's not always me. right? It's not always her husband uh, to go vent to. Uh, She has other people. And if she needs that, she leans on them for those times when times are tough. If you need a way to just get things off your chest, Having someone or multiple someones to go to oftentimes is the best thing ever. I have seen this myself, that if I'm experiencing some intense moments of stress, a lot of times it's an internal battle. And if I just verbalize it and I get it out of my head, out of my voice, say it out loud and have someone else actually hear it, all of a sudden it becomes this like external thing that's no longer in me. It's out of me. It's out there in the world. And somehow I feel better about that. It's not nearly as stressful anymore. It's like someone else has taken part of that load from me, like we're carrying this load together. And if you have that kind of a person you can vent to, that can be a massive stress reliever. That can help in such dramatic ways. And if that person also can help you solve problems in the meantime, that's great as well. But the intent here is just to simply uh, reduce your stress. That's it. Another angle here to try to lower your blood pressure is to simply be in the moment. And I'll be honest here, this is one of the biggest challenges that I could ever have when my stress is high. Because the last thing I want to do is not think about why I'm stressed, 
because I want to solve the problem. I want to actively get after it and I want to be angry. I want to be emotional. Like I want to feel those ways. So if I'm in a place where that doesn't make any sense to do so, let's just give a simple example here. You had a tough day at the office and now you're home with your kids. Well, if you're mentally still at the office, if you're mentally still mad about how the day went or how much work you still have to do, well, that doesn't do your kids any good. It makes you a more challenging person to be around, right? It's better to the best of your ability to be present in the moment where you are. In this example with your children, I know for me personally, that's a very tough thing to do. It takes some real practice to be able to mentally release and let go of those thoughts, even for a short while, to then return to them later. But that's a really good practice to get into to improve that skill set, to be able to let something go. And things like meditation or the sauna or yoga uh, can be helpful in that regard. Along the same lines, if you've ever read the book 10% Happier by Dan Harris, uh, you may have heard his perspective on meditation, which he refers to as a mental bicep curl, which means you are letting the thought in and then you let it go. The thought comes into your mind and then you let it go. Just like a bicep curl, you bring the weight up, but then you release it. In that sense, we're practicing those strategies and those skills and those mental muscles we're flexing here to be able to say, I acknowledge the thought, I acknowledge the stress, but in this moment, I'm going to let it go. In this moment, I'm going to say, that's not the right time for now. We'll come back to you later. And if you can get better at that, then you can actually be more present and actually lower your stress and then be able to be a, a better person to be around, which is, you know, helpful. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. The final area here to lower your blood pressure is to do your very best to not worry about what other people think of you. I wrote this one down specifically because this is an area that I have worked with over the years, and I am both better and worse at the same time at this. Let me explain this for a second. So if you can figure out a way to emotionally detach yourself from the expectations of others, and you can live in your own reality without thinking about, will this embarrass me? Will this cause criticism? Will this cause me to look bad in front of my peers or my boss or my family or my friends? 
if those thoughts don't matter to you as much and you can just be yourself, oftentimes that's where the stress comes from. It has been coming from there the whole time is that what you're actually stressed about, what you're freaking out about is how you might look, how you might be perceived by others. So the more you're able to let those thoughts go and just be yourself with who you are, well, then all of a sudden the stress is reduced. The bar is lowered. It's just not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm literally practicing that on some level right now recording this podcast because I'm thinking about how you are going to perceive me as a podcaster, me as a content creator, me as a whatever vision you have of who Jeff Sanders is, right? There is some view you have of me, some perception. And in the back of my mind, whenever I create anything, I'm always thinking about how would somebody else perceive this? That's why I do retakes and why I edit the show and why I work so hard to make it better. Not just because I want to you know, produce higher quality shows for you. It's because I don't want to be embarrassed, right? I don't want to be awkward. I don't want to make mistakes. I want to be that high achiever who has a higher bar and produces better work. So I'm experiencing these same emotions, these same challenges, So the more that we're able to let those kinds of thoughts go and be more of who we actually are, the more that people actually know us for who we are, love us for who we are, accept us for who we are and how we operate, and then you find your true friends and you find your true self. And in those worlds, there is no stress. There is no anxiety. You're not freaking out about your perceptions or your quality bar because you're just being you. In a very chill way, if you're a chill person. And if you're not, then, you know, you get my point. (laughs) Okay. All right. Number six on the next strategy here to help you uh, be a little bit better on the stress scale and to improve your own mental health as a high achiever is to lean into what works for you. So along those same lines, everything that I just said about being the best version of you and lowering the bar a lot I was talking to my wife about this episode uh, just uh, two days ago, and Tessa says that there are certain things that work for her that don't work for me and vice versa, right? We are different people. We have different goals. We have different strategies uh, that work for us. And one thing that she has told me uh, many times in the past that's definitely true of Tessa is that when she is stressed out, when she has a lot on her plate, and she does all the time. Taking bubble baths or doing things like retail therapy or going for a massage, things that fall into this category of things that her friends tend to do, people she know, her coworkers, they tend to do these kinds of things. She doesn't because they don't work for her. They don't make her feel better. You might think that like, well, going for you know a great massage or a bubble bath would physically allow you to reduce your stress and you'd feel better. But the way that Tessa views this that I totally get and operate in a very similar way is that if you're doing those activities, you're not doing the work that's stressing you out. You're not getting the work done. It's it's still there. So the whole time you're in the bathtub or the whole time you're being massaged, you're just thinking about that work. You're still thinking about that thing you have to go get done. And so what works for Tessa is to just go get the work done. To just double down, get it done faster, and then chill out. Then after the work is done, you go and just allow yourself to fully relax. You want to do what works best for you, 
right? I just mentioned this idea of being present in the moments and letting things go. But then Tessa has the opposite perspective, which is that she wants to get the work done and then she can let it go. They're both going to work in their own ways. And they could work in different scenarios with different stressors, right? Life is not about picking one or the other. You pick what works for you for now. But knowing yourself and lean into who you are and what's best for you is going to be what's best for you. So try these different strategies. See if these things are effective. Go for a walk. Take a bubble bath. Go for a hike or a long run. Do different activities and find out what reduces your stress. What makes you the best version of you? And just do more of that. Now, the final and seventh strategy here to improve your own mental health as a high achiever is to, once again, know yourself on a higher level. And with this perspective, we're going to make a list of the things that trigger you. This may should have been one of the very first things that we do, but I think it's the best strategy here at the very end, which is the triggering scenarios we're going to assess when you're not stressed out. So I'm making the assumption here that you've gone through this process, you've tried a lot of strategies, you've tapped into more of who you are, and you're now at a nice chill point. The, the big fires are put out, the high stressors are gone, we can now breathe. Now that we can breathe, we can reassess and reflect and find out what are those things that actually caused that last panic attack or that last almost breakdown or that last highly stressful moment. Because our goal here is to prevent future breakdowns and to improve future outcomes. The more you know of yourself and the more that you know what leads to your own mental health decline, the more you can then learn what makes you a better version of you and you know what things would take you down to the the, the bad path and you can see those things coming and then pivot before it happens. Make a shift because it's not going to happen to you because you know that path and you're not going to repeat past mistakes. This is about wisdom. This is about learning from yourself, learning from your own tendencies and habits. And the more that that's true for you, The more that you know yourself, the more you can make better decisions and produce better outcomes with fewer of those consequences. And this is a good thing. This is what happens. So this making a list of your own triggers in and of itself can be triggering, right? Like to acknowledge that we have flaws and to acknowledge that there are areas of weakness. It's not fun to do that. This is personal growth in action. Acknowledging where you struggle It's one of the most difficult but yet freeing activities in the world because one thing I know is true for me is as soon as I get over my own ego to acknowledge where I suck at something, that's when I can see a path forward. That's when I can see how to improve. But it's only when I'm able to be honest with who I am and where I really do struggle that I can actually see a path forward. And that is exciting. That's energizing to be able to know here are the actions I can take. And the next time we go through this process, it's going to be better. I know it. I can see it. I can map it out. The future is better. All right, let's review now these seven simple strategies that I broke down here for your own optimal well-being as a high achiever. Uh, Number one is to release the pressure, also known as cutting and deleting everything you possibly can. Step two is to clarify what's due right now. Step three is to say no to all incoming requests, including those from your own brain. Number four is to focus on the fundamentals. Number five, lower your blood pressure. 
Number six, lean into what works best for you. And finally, once things have calmed down, make a list of what triggers you so you can prevent those worst case scenarios and optimize your future. And for the action step this week, prevent the inevitable. If you are a high achiever, you will almost certainly push yourself to the brink at some point. So save yourself the hassle of a full breakdown by building in the margin you need right now. Take your mental health seriously. Take care of your body. Take care of your sleep. Take care of yourself. Make it a priority. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.